0: Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. A new series that we're doing called The Search for Happiness. Um, You know, I just just think this is probably something we need to talk about because the Bible is... um, is very very specific about the search for happiness. I don't know if you realize this um, and I'm going to help you by by showing you that um, what the Bible talks about happiness. It actually talks about it quite directly but um, anyway it was through the through the translations sometimes the words can get lost okay but the Bible is specific about how to search or how to look for happiness, how happiness is found. And it's actually so directly, um, it talks about it so directly that it actually almost it gives you the things that you need to do in order to be happy. Isn't that cool? I mean, I love it when the Bible does that, when it gives you keys. But here's what we need to think about. What we need to think about is the fact that we don't often look to the Bible, for happiness. When I need to be happy, when I'm feeling sad and lonely and down and depressed, anybody else felt that way before? Okay, okay I'm not alone. Uh, um, how often do you find yourself going, well, I'm, I'm just going to go over here and, and read this to get myself happy, right? Do you do, you do that? I mean, and I'm not... I'm not um, trying to make anyone feel guilty. Because the reason why um, you you may not go to this is because you've done that before, okay? And you've opened it up to some random scripture and it's meant nothing to you. Ever done that? You know, there's this, just some pretty violent scriptures in the Bible. And you can get confused. You know, you open up the, Lord, the Lord's Word and you say, God, speak to me. And, and you open up to one of these scriptures where it says, and they threw the babies on the rocks. You know, it says... Yeah, or these are the you know these are the ten Levite names. A, you know this guy, that guy. It's like what is this even about? I don't know why you're not speaking to me, Lord. I'm just trying to go and get my happiness, and I'm trying to get up right now. I'm trying to you know I'm so low. Um, and and the next time we get into a place where we're sad, we just go to other things, right? the ice cream bowl or the you know the 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 guy who delivers chocolate how i, I <laughs> this is a phenomenon about mumbai you can order anything to your house isn't that amazing i mean you you i i could just become the most obese kind of guy in the whole world so easily with a telephone i, I just get that guy to come and bring my stuff to my room and okay, okay, I want ice cream, I want dessert, I want this. It's so bad for if you have a sugar addiction and who knows what that's like, okay? It's bad, man. You got that sugar craving, it's like, shall I call for that dessert? Shall I not? Who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> Trying to get happy. Here's, here's the reason why that happens. You got to understand something about the Bible, God's Word, and the way God operates, and happiness. Happiness is not found by looking for happiness. Happiness is not found by looking for happiness. (laughs) Usually anything that offers instant happiness is some sort of thing or substance substance that over time is probably going to kill you, like sugar. Or we can take that a little worse. Alcohol. We can take that even worse. Illicit drugs. I mean, we, 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 we go to these things, even, even things, you know, other things. We, we go to these things for... Um for pleasure, for joy, for hope, for just p- plugging the hole at least temporarily, but oftentimes i don 't know if you 've found this, but i've found that I end up feeling more empty afterwards than I did before, because it 's almost like you you have that that you know that issue that 's making you unhappy, and it 's a big issue that 's making you unhappy, and you I don't know, you binge five seasons of whatever's on Netflix or Prime or whatever. And it's like, you have this moment and it's amazing. And then that finishes and then you're like, I hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) Ever felt that? (laughs) I hate myself. What am I doing on this couch? Wasting all of this time, you know? Or it, it, you, 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 some of you might be like, no, I'm, I, don't, I don't do that, but I just go into work and, you know, I work my butt off. I work and work and work and work to make myself happy. But that also leads to the same emptiness as the person that's uh, that on the Netflix couch. Let me tell you, when you get to that point when, there's, when the work's not working out, no one's seeing you, you've got no approval from anyone, you'll eventually get to a point where you're like, I hate myself, Right? Happiness can't be pursued on its own. That's not how happiness is achieved. Okay? And happiness can't be gotten just by wanting to be happy. I did a... <laughs> I did a... I, you know, I try to keep up with with Instagram, you know? Instagram. I'm pretty useless at Instagram. Anybody else with me on that? I'm just like... So much work. Okay? And, uh, but anyway, I, I try my hardest. I did a poll. I, I, I saw other people were doing polls on Instagram, <laughs> yes or no things. So I thought, so how are they doing that? So I spent about too long, okay, <laughs> trying to work out where is that poll? And I found it's in that little smiley face thing. Anyway, he, he, don't worry about it. Um, so I found it. And here's, here's my question that I posed. Okay, so, so happy is the one who pursues happiness, okay? Is this true? So um, for those who, you don't, who don't know and don't use Instagram, on Instagram it's amazing you could either press yes or no and you could have this little voting democracy thing going on and, uh, you know, the election of the nation was going on. I was having my own little election <laughs> going on. Okay, and uh, is this true? So, and then you get the cool thing about it is you get the answer, right? So you can see who's voting and what's happening. So the next one. Okay, so this is what people said. Happy is the one. So 43% said yes. So there were people that said you know, you can, you can access happiness directly, you, you just try to be happy and you'll get happy, right? Or, and, but most people said no. Interesting, because I, I think we all would, at, at some point, maybe fluctuate between the two, sometimes we do. We may, not, we may know differently in our head, but our hearts, I mean, we just want to get happy, so we're trying to do something to get happy, right? But that's not how happiness works, that ain't how it works. Because you know that when you're going to try and be happy, there are things in life that are going to make you unhappy, so eventually you're going to be unhappy, right? I mean, you might be happy right now, but you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm not saying I'm anything over anyone that bad things are going to happen, but I mean, the reality is history tells us that human life is hard and difficult, and sometimes there are things that we go through that make us pretty unhappy. When a loved one passes away or when a loved one contracts some sort of sickness or when, when something like a job is lost or when we can't get a job or when, when a relationship is broken or when, when, when things aren't going our way, let me tell you something for you to just, just think you're going to be happy. By trying to get happy through those situations, I mean you hear this language sometimes, even even amongst the the you know the group of uh, the, of us who who believe in Christ. You know, sometimes it's like you know I just I'm I'm not just not going to accept my 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 situation right now, my circumstance. I I'm just not going to accept it. I'm just going to have faith. I'm I'm not going to say any anything negative because I don't want to put speak a bad word. You know. Well, uh, you know, let, let me just preface all of this talk about happiness with this. And, and, and it's this, that, that there is a happiness that the Bible offers that is not affected by circumstance. It's not affected by your surroundings. It's not affected by what's happening. See, the problem with our pursuit of happiness, generally, is we are trying to change our circumstances your external circumstances, thinking that that thing that we change will make us happy. But the fact is, our external circumstances are not controllable, they're not controllable. You never know what's going to happen, you never know what's gonna, what, what tomorrow is going to bring. You never know what sort of situation that you're going to be going through. You're never gonna know, you never know whether or not, whether or not we're even going to wake up the tomorrow. But let me tell you something. When we begin to understand that happiness isn't found by trying to change our circumstances, we get freedom. A lot of, a lot of talk, even out there in the world, here in the church, sometimes is more focused on, I'm going to give you keys to help you change your circumstances right now. And there's nothing wrong with that, we just prayed for people's circumstances, right? We prayed, we stood in faith for that, there's nothing wrong with that, that's good. But let me tell you something, if you peg your happiness on your circumstances, you're going to be let down, you're going to be up and down. Your happiness will be there when the circumstances are good and you'll be sad and depressed and feeling empty when the circumstances are bad. Because happiness is not found in circumstances. So ask yourself, I have to ask myself, what am I basing my happiness on right now? Is it circumstantial? And I have to, I have to be really aware that it's very easy for me to look for quick fixes in circumstances. And I, I think this is where things like addiction come out of this. When we, when we begin to struggle with addictions, and, and, and you can take this further, you know, when you, when you begin to struggle with, um, with, with all sorts of things. I mean, maybe, maybe some of the men in the room know what it's like, know what it's like to have an addiction to pornography. You know what a, per, a man goes to pornography for? It's to be happy. It's looking for a quick fix, quick fulfillment, quick intake. And before you know it, all of your relationships are on the side and you're addicted. That's how addiction happens. And that's how any of these addictions, that's how people get addicted. It starts out with one drink just to take the edge off. Just to take the edge off. Let's just take the edge off. And one drink doesn't work anymore. So you go to another drink and then another drink. Before you know it, you're addicted starts off with one smoke, there's one, and then it goes to the point where you can't stop. That's what, it's people just trying to get happy. Why else would we do it? But we're just trying to change circumstances, trying to take the edge off. The Bible doesn't talk about happiness being found in any of these things. I, I've kind of gone on a little bit, just creating a context for you so that you understand why this is so important that we talk about it. And I'm going, to, I'm going to teach you out of Psalm. Well, first, I'm going to go and look at John chapter 4, verse 14. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Okay? But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. There's a spring, a refreshing spring, and out of this comes happiness. But I want to show you another scripture. Let's go over to Psalm chapter 1. Now, Psalm chapter 1 is one of the most interesting scriptures in the Bible. The reason why is is it actually, if you look at this psalm, you can actually use it. Like, if we were to reorder the Bible into um, an order that would help a person who is from the outside trying to understand the Bible, okay, it would be helpful probably to put Psalm 1 at the beginning. Because this... Particular psalm sets up the rest of Scripture. Okay, it, it kind of helps us to understand what this is all about. Okay, um, but we're not going to go into that. I'm just going to look at verses one through to verse three of Psalm one. It says this: Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. But those who delight but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Anybody like that scripture? Now, the interesting thing about this scripture is that word blessed literally means happy. When you look at the original translation, when you look at the original Hebrew that this is written in, you can directly translate this word blessed or blessed to happy. So read it like this. Happy is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Happy. Happy. Fulfilled. Complete. Happy is the one. But it's weird, because this scripture, like I said, it doesn't directly give you the steps to happiness, but they are there. And in fact, it starts with a negative. Okay? Happy is the one who does not. Why is that put first? Why why does the writer of the psalm, why does he put that first? I'll tell you why. Because we first go to other things than God. When you're trying to get happy, when you're trying to get fulfilled, unless you've really made an effort and really made that choice that you are not going to go to other things, you'll find yourself gravitating to other things. And then you'll get to the end of them and then you'll say, Oh God, where art thou? (laughs) Right? I need you. But What this psalm is talking about is first addressing the negatives, first going to the things that we go to. And it's really interesting, okay? We've got, blessed is the one who does not walk, okay, in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. Walk, stand, sit. You know how sin works? Sin works like this. I'm walking. I'm walking. Someone offers something that is not of God. I'm thinking about it. Hmm, that's interesting. Oh, that gossip, that's some juicy gossip. Oh, sister such and such from church. Oh! I'm interested. What did she say? Oh, really? Oh! <laughs> Well let me tell you let me tell listen a little we stand let me listen a little bit more about that oh that's interesting and then, yeah 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 hmm well you, did you know about this person and uh, that person and this person we sit down and we are already in sin blessed is the one who doesn't walk stand or sit how easy is it to walk in step with the wicked Simple conversation. Simple little choices. We have to be so aware of ourselves and our tendency to all of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of the blue, just be walking out of step with God and walking in step with the wicked, with sin. (laughs) It's simple little things. Little compromises. Little things here and there. The stuff that we can kind of get away with that nobody else sees. You're just walking with it. You're kind of toying with it, right? You're toying with it. You're playing with it. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. You know what? Eventually, when you toy with sin, when you toy with stuff that's not of God, you stop. You stand for a little while. And then you become an expert. You sit down, you begin to teach others. You know, When, it, when, you, when you sit, you become the teacher, right? And you begin to teach others. Oh, come, and, oh, you're walking by, come and sit with me. <laughs> I'm making fun of it, but I, I let me tell you something. Can I be honest with you? This is so easy to do. I mean, when we're in sin, when we're doing something it's almost it's, almost, it's always better to have someone to join us with us. That's something worse than sinning alone. You get people <laughs> to sin with you. It's great at least you're not lonely and this happens, you know, so easily. But the Bible says, the Scripture says here, that happy is the one who doesn't walk, stand or sit in this way. It starts with the negative because it's, it understands that every one of us is going to be tempted in this way. Let me tell you something, right now if you're feeling convicted, If you're walking with some stuff that you need to stop walking with, if you're standing with some stuff you need to stop standing with, if you've sat down because you've given up on God, let me tell you something. You won't find happiness there. You will not find happiness there. That is not how you pursue it, that is not how you get it. There may be some stuff at work where you're challenged where you may need to make a stand, where you may need to do some things differently, but you're afraid of this or that. There may be some relationships. There may be some, there may be some situations in your home. There may, be some, there may be some kids that are just being naughty. Oh man, naughty kids. I mean, they, they're so easy to start standing. I start walking in the company of sinners. Every time my kid's naughty, man, I, I find it really difficult. I'm tempted to walk, stand, sit in that situation. I, may, I need to make a conscious effort to take the way of love. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's, it's interesting how we, we get into this sort of thing and we talk about it, but there, if you really assess your life, there, there, there are things where you justify it, right? Where you go, yeah, yeah, this makes sense for here, but there's some certain areas of my life where, well, you know, I can't help it. It's just, it's just the way it is. But you've got to understand you're not going to find happiness there. You're not going to find fulfillment there. What, and it's not me telling you that. It's scripture. Scripture is telling you that. But everybody say, but. "But, but. but whose delight is in the law of the Lord? and who meditates on His law day and night? Now now once again, it's like, God, I want to be happy, and you're telling me to meditate on your law. I just, I just want to be happy, man. Give me some sort of quick fix here. I need it, right? I, I need something, you know. I need some sort of. Is there anything I can take? You know, is there some sort of Bible pill? You know? <laughs> There's your first million. Bible in a pill. Just take it. <laughs> Scripture just comes into your mind, right? That would be nice. <laughs> doesn't exist it's not the way of the word now when i say the word law what you have got to understand about the word law it's not talking about the like law of the land or even law of the bible as in i mean it is partly the 10 commandments okay right and all of those laws. but when you when when you're looking at it from this perspective what 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 david the writer is is actually saying is blessed is the one who 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 meditates on the overall nature of God, okay, which is expressed throughout Scripture. You may have missed me there, okay. What he's saying is, blessed is the one who meditates day and night on what is expressed about the, well, what, about the nature of God that is ex- expressed in Scripture, the whole Scripture. Not just, you know, the book of Leviticus, okay, or just the book of John, but the entire Bible. You have to read the, you can't, I know that most of you know this, but maybe some of you don't and that's okay because you might be new and you might be trying to get to know things. Let me tell you something, you have to understand the whole Bible, the whole message of the law right? It's really important. If you don't, you're going to get stuck up somewhere and it's not going to be good for you. You'll get stuck on one scripture that kind of messes with your head and you won't understand it. You've got to understand the entire Bible. You've got to understand the Bible by understanding the Bible. And that takes what? Meditating on it. Day and night. This thing has got to get in you. It's got to get in you. Now, some of you will be like, oh, okay, okay, he's talking about it. we've got to read my Bible. Y- yes I am, but to meditate on something is different than just reading it. It's like you, you, you have to soak in this. It has to be your soil, okay, and here's the, here's the promise but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Okay. Before, before we move on to that, I just want to say this. But whose delight? Listen, how do, how do you delight in this? I mean, delight such a funny word to use here. I delight chocolate. You know, I mean, it's that feeling, right? When, I'm going to make you all feel like chocolate now. When you've really been craving chocolate and you finally get it, it's like, ah, you know, that's, that's delight. How do we get it to a place where we delight in the law? Let me tell you something. When you begin to understand the law, when you begin to understand the gospel... When you begin to understand that we were sinners, we were broken, that we were done for, that it was over for us, that the end of our life was the end of life for us without God. But God sent His Son, Jesus, as a rescuer to come and save us from our sin, to be the sacrifice for for us, so that we could have eternal life if we choose to believe in Him. You begin to understand what? uh, My sin? All of the stuff that I wrestle with, all of the things that I've done, they've been forgiven. They were all hung on the cross with Christ. You begin to understand what it means to delight in the law. And you begin to meditate on these things. You begin to understand your own sin, that stuff that, that is in you, that just works against God. That independent, selfish stuff that we have, all of us have it. But you begin to see it in the light of the gospel that it's okay because Jesus has saved us and he's rescued us for, from that and he wants us to walk towards him instead of walking towards ourselves and everything we can do. Those who delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his Lord day and night. And then it says this, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Now listen, I'm going to close with this thought. When you have a tree, a tree is planted. Okay, you ever seen a tree in monsoon time? When it gets too heavy on the top, and there's been too much development underneath, and the root span's been messed with, and that tree just, right, happens every monsoon. They try and stop it, but there's always going to be a tree that falls down in monsoon. That tree has been uprooted. You leave that tree uprooted for long enough, it dies. But uh, in Australia, uh, because of the heat and because during the summertime, uh, it gets really hot and dry. There's no rain. What happens a lot across Australia, and it also happens up in California a lot, are bushfires, right? But you know the crazy thing about the trees most of the time, that go through a bushfire, is within a year or so, they're sprouting new leaves. There's new green coming out of them. And it's the most amazing thing. I've, I've done it. I've, I've walked through areas not far from where I used to live in Perth, um, where a year prior, there was a, a fire. My family, we once got, we were, went on a family picnic and a fire broke out and uh, we couldn't get back home because we were stuck um, out in this remote area and the only access road in was this, I mean, gigantic fire. And they eventually opened up the room, uh, the the road, and we had to rush on through to get home. And uh, I remember watching these trees that were on fire, the big gum trees, and these flames were licking off these trees and jumping to other trees. This fire was moving so quickly, it was scary. You know, but we saw that place a year later, and it was completely green. The same trees had sprouted new, new, had sprouted new growth. You know why? Because they're planted. doesn't matter what goes on on top. doesn't matter what external circumstances are about for those trees. They found something beneath soils and an insulator plus they've found a source of life beneath the soil that nobody else can see, but they know it. And from that, they draw their life. It doesn't matter what's going on around them. They can go through the most horrible trials, and yet they still spring life. Whatever they do prospers. They bear fruit in season still. Not because of their circumstances, but because of their source. And this scripture, blessed is the one who doesn't stand, walk, or sit in the company of the wicked, in the company of the mocker. We walk, stand, and sit because of circumstances, because of the stuff that's going on, because of our situations that we find ourselves in, because of the things. The only way to protect yourself from that is to meditate on the law, day and night, put it first, put it first, God is all about the first, He's all about being first, because He is first. The promise here is happy is the one who who puts Him first, who understands Him, who at the start of His day and at the end of the day is meditating. And when you do come to those situations where you are tempted to walk, stand, or stand or sit in the company of sinners, you'll be protected because of what's going on in the inside of you, because of what you know. And when you're tempted, and sometimes really strong temptation comes in certain areas in our lives, what you begin to begin to ha- what you begin to see happen is you will be immune from those temptations. you begin to grow because you've put in something over time. It's almost like a tree when it's planted. It just takes time to find that soil. You've got to take the time, sorry, to find that water source. You've got to take the time to find it. You're not going to, you may be in a place right now where you're unhappy. I mean, your situation, your circumstances, this is not right. You know, I want to pray with you. I want to be with you on that. I understand how hard it is. I know, I know, I know, I know. But let me tell you something. If you think that it's going to be fixed by walking, standing, or sitting in the company of sinners, you're going to end up empty, lost, and without God. But if you meditate on His day, His law, day and night, if you you make it your pursuit to understand God, understand who Jesus is, understand the gospel, understand the word, understand what it is. The promise here is blessed, happy. That's how you find it. That's how you find it. That's how you find it. That's what scripture promises in the search for happiness. Amen. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along? 1130 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.